Welcome back to Play Tessie, episode 20. It is December 29th. If you are listening on drop day to the Kevin Euclid Jeter Downs, Yu Chang episode of the official podcast of Trying to Find Street Parking, also known as the official Red Sox podcast of WEEI. <gasps> Home of the Boston Red Sox. Pat, how you doing? Dude, today sucks. Yeah, welcome back to reality. Um, parking, much like trying to follow the Boston Red Sox this offseason, is absolutely brutal. Um, we've, we're joined by the usual cast of characters. Same old thing, another day. It's Sammy, Pat, Gordo, and yours truly, Coop. Uh, but we have a little bit of interest. Still no major starters to get that throttle ramped up in full. Um but we've got some interest in Giolito, some more interest in Teoscar Hernandez, if that ever ends up happening. But Sammy, how are you doing? You look you look disheveled. I I mean you're trying to enjoy the Pacific Northwest and the Red Sox are raining on your parade. Yeah. As if there's not enough rain already. I don't know, man. I like it's just comical even trying to come up with like I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I just want something to happen. Even if the Red Sox made like a really dumb signing. Cool. At least we got something to talk about, man. Yeah. God. Dude, I hit that territory today. So uh, on the bright side, at least, we, at least we have some legitimate rumors to go over. Ooh. That's true. We do. Want to just, just dive right into them? Do we, do we want to dive into something that we didn't touch upon but was aired out before last episode? Uh, from Rob Bradford. Do we want to touch on that first, or do we want to touch on the other guy, Yariel Rodriguez, first? Let's uh, let's start with Yariel, and then we'll uh, we'll go in chronological order because I believe okay. the Yariel uh, rumor was first. And want to break uh, that down for those lovely folks out there, Sammy? Yeah. Okay. So uh, Yariel Rodriguez, he is a, a guy who uh, pitched in Cuba in 2022. Before that, as well. Did not pitch in 2023. He's kind of a fringy starter reliever type. Stop me if you've heard that one before. <laughs> More on that later. And the Red Sox are interested in him because they love to show interest. That's pretty much it. It's, it's a And they're interested reliever. in him as a starter. Yes. That, okay. Yeah. Good point. They're interested in him as a starter, which, as I alluded to, is kind of the most frustrating part. Not frustrating, just, I mean, here, let, let me, let me explain it. So if you didn't like the Hauk as a starter experiment and you didn't like the Whitlock as a starter experiment, and you know, he had mixed feelings about Pavetta being like an opener slash starter, like you must hate this because this is the same thing that we've been dealing with all forever. Austin. We have been saying, get two starting pitchers, get two starting pitchers, maybe get three starting pitchers. And the guy that they're showing the most interest in, as far as we know, right now, we're not even sure if he's a starting pitcher. There are concerns about his repertoire. It's a little shallow. He's got a good fastball. I forget what the off-speed pitch is, but it's pretty much a two-pitch mix for the most part. Uh, the velocity drops off quite a bit. When he's starting, which it's not uncommon, but that's still a concern. And he hasn't pitched for a year outside of the World Baseball Classic. Or let me be clear. 
by the time opening day comes around, it will have been about a year since he's pitched. So, yeah, I just can't. I mean, what is the saying? Stupidity is doing the same thing over and over again. Insanity? Insanity. Insanity. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And that's not to say that Rodriguez won't be a good pitcher. I just don't know if he'll be a good starting pitcher. So I'm... It's a good that's a good onomatopoeia to to sum up, I think, how we're all feeling, because I are we all in the same boat, Pat? I mean, where are you at, dude? Yeah, the best MLB comp just in terms of like two pitch mix potential starter, but better as a reliever. I think the best way to describe Rodriguez is a Cuban Matt Strom. (laughs) Really, really good two-pitch mix. Nothing in the repertoire besides the two. We saw Matt Strom in Philly this year. He started, I'll put air quotes around started. It was more like opener, would sometimes go like three. Sometimes it'd be kind of dealing. Pitch count was around like 60, 70, go four or five. We've been saying for months now, or at least I have. I think, I feel like I'm just screaming into an empty cave and it's echoing. You need... Starts in innings. You there's no bigger hole in that rotation right now, aside from like people who can have an under four ERA, than over 150 innings. And that's not asking much. 150 is like the bare minimum. Seth Lugo went for more than 150 innings this year. You need 150 innings in 28 to 32 starts. I don't see Yair Rodriguez filling that hole in any way, shape, or form. In 2024 for the Boston Red Sox. Then that's that's Yariel Rodriguez, not UFC featherweight Yair. Close. Sorry, <laughs> I want to beat someone up right now, so Yariel Rodriguez is on my that's mind. Pissed. He's pissed. He's thinking about MMA right now. And uh, the other thing, to very quickly, I like the interest in Yariel Rodriguez. If they move one of the back end bullpen guys, if there's a contingency move with Kenley, I think it makes sense. In terms of a solution to your starting rotation, whether it be in the four hole, the five hole, I don't see that fit. Yeah, I don't Pat, know how that makes sense. That that's kind of where I'm at too. When they, who was it? It was uh, it was one of those uh, one of the Cuban writers initially reported that they still had interest, and at that point, yeah, that that's what I was thinking because we had heard, uh, I think it was Ed Hand and Chris Henry Henrique dropped the Kenley rumor initially that. Maybe the Red Sox are shopping Kenley or some of their other back-end guys. Could be Chris Martin. So, yeah, if Yariel Rodriguez is going to come in and fill that role and you think you've got a back-end reliever and that it's going to allow you to shop your back-end reliever, another back-end reliever to get pitching depth, by all means, go for it. But the issue with the issue, you guys have said it already. There's plenty of issues with him as a starting pitcher. There's a bunch of interested clubs, but only a few of them see him as a starting pitcher. He wants to start, so it feels like one of the teams that thinks he's a starter is going to get him. The way I feel about it, I feel about him kind of, and we're going to jump into James Paxton too, but I kind of view them in a similar light where it's like if he's one of two starting pitchers that you add, like you're, that is just so unacceptable. But if you add two starting pitchers that, like we say, are both better than Bayo or both have a shot to be better than Bayo, and he's a third starting pitcher, and he kind of competes with Cutter for that fifth rotation spot. 
I'm not going to complain about it. Like, it's just added depth. But I'm scared when I hear these rumors that they think he's the guy. And I just don't think he's the guy in the rotation. But it's also like, I, is this the, the desperation signing that we're desperate for? Like, yes. that we were asking for at the very beginning of this episode? Where we're like, we just need friggin' something. Well, I don't I, like. I wouldn't be comfortable with that. Like, I think the other guy that we were hinting at that Rob Bradford has dropped, which I don't. Do we want to introduce candidate number two yet? Well, not yet. I, I still okay. want okay. to ruminate on Yar, Yariel Rodriguez. Pat, you got me messing up his name now, dude. I, um, I'm in a blender I, right now. I don't think in in a vacuum. I don't think it's a bad idea for him to be, you know, tested as a starter. Just not on the Red Sox. If there's any team where that makes no sense for, it's the team that has a bunch of fringe starters. If the Dodgers like, or the Marlins. Yeah. If the Dodgers or like Marlins or Mariners, one of those teams with big pitching staffs, if they signed him and made him a starter, I'd be like, that's smart. We'll see if it works. Even like the Reds who have like a good top of the rotation but need some that's back. That's a great team. That's a great team that should do it. Makes sense. But like for the, the Red Sox of all teams, I can't like not to be dramatic. I can't think of a worse fit for a fringe starter. Again, reliever, I'm psyched. He can go two innings, air it out, awesome. Make that monstrous bullpen even even better. But I don't know, man. It, it's it's that saying, insanity. Doing it over and over again, same result. But the one caveat. And this is already annoying me as well. There is a new, you know, pitching factory at work. And so that might change some things. But at the same time, you can't expect these guys to turn every average or fringe pitcher into a stud. Maybe it helps a little bit. But, the, the, I mean, to develop a, a pitching factory like they got in, like, Houston or something, that takes years. So, but yeah, I, I'm also, out on this idea. You also have to... It's like, yes, they the Red Sox, if all goes well, maybe they do turn into a pitching factory, but they don't have the starts and the innings to turn all of these guys. You've already got Hauk, Whitlock, Cutter, Pavetta, Winkowski. That's five guys who all could, if given the opportunity, be big league starters and good big league starters. And to like they just don't have the room. And maybe, maybe it's similar to the whole Teoscar thing where the the idea is you bring in Teoscar and that allows you to trade one of Duran, Rafaela, Abreu. Maybe the thinking is we bring in Yariel and we can deal one of like Hauk or P Pavetta, Whitlock, Cut I don't know, one of those guys. But the issue is if you sign a Yariel and you promise him a rotation spot, he's he's gonna get a rotation spot. So it's not like you can just throw him in a competition super easily unless he just like straight up stinks like you took you remember how long it took them to take kluber's rotation spot away and i know, ah! <laughs> and I know no. ariel's not a Cy young winner but if you promise a free agent something you have to deliver it otherwise Holy agents hold moly. it against you yeah it's complicated i just i don't i just don't see how it works that yeah. wasn't a name i wanted to hear today yeah I, well yeah. okay and I think the next guy we're going to talk about, Giolito, unless unless you want to touch on Paxton first, Coop, but Giolito is like the opposite of this. Like, he's a starting pitcher. He logs innings. Check, check. Is he an ace? No. Did he used to be one? Yeah. Could he go back to being one? Maybe. But at the very least, you have a guy who's going to eat innings and you won't see the bullpen completely torched by what? Like... 
August, like last year. So I don't know with, with Rodriguez, it's just so many question marks. And we talked about this ad nauseum last year with Rob, too many guys expected to do things they've never done before at the major league level. It's just crazy. And they keep doing it. Frick. And that's why I want to bring up real quick Paxton. Because Paxton in the last, we're going to play that game, in the last three seasons, four seasons, three seasons. So we're going to go back to 2020. He's pitched 90, so 96 innings in 2023, 1.1 inning in 2021, and in 2020, 20.1 innings for a grand total of 117 innings in just three years. And I know that people are going to hold that against him. I know the injuries are going to be held against him. The biggest thing that I see in that big chunk that's ugly is the fact that he pitched 96 in the past year, that the bulk of those innings pitched in the last three years are off of something that was MLB ready just last year. That's what makes me more confident in Paxton than Rodriguez because it's it's like the risk that you know versus the risk that you completely do not know because there's upside on both of those guys and you know that there's limitations on Paxton and you know where those limitations can be. Like if you know that he's pitching way too much at the jump of the year, you're probably going to have to ramp him down come like all-star break and whatnot through July into August and that's when you want to save him for September. I can wrap my head around that. I can be cool with a one-year to two-year deal based on that and knowing that he is that somewhat reliable. With Rodriguez, I really don't know if he is MLB ready this year. Like, There's a huge chance that you just end up putting him down in AAA and that's all that you ever see of him. And that's not so much of a, like, a mon- like monetary risk I'm willing to take when we are still trying to set up that third or second starting pitcher that we're trying to get before getting that first starting pitcher because we're, I've got a little nugget that I want to talk about later and why Scott Boris is still the worst person to walk the earth in regards to baseball. Uh, but that's where I feel on that. I, I I think it's pretty simple where the Red Sox should go on it, especially where they are right now. Like, stop experimenting. Go with Paxton. If you are going to make this decision between the two and you are looking for that, like, third of the mill pitcher this offseason, like, Paxton is the guy to do that with. Yeah, Coop, I like that. I think Paxton and Rodriguez, even though they're very different cases, like you just explained, that's the perfect third guy. You know, upside might not work, might be great. You don't really know, but that's appropriate for that role. Um, Also, I think people forgot how nasty Paxton was in his first, like, what, like 10 or 12 starts. Uh, I know he was really, really bad down the stretch, but kind of to be expected with the timeline of how he's come back, got hurt and everything, almost a 25% K rate. That's pretty damn good. And I don't know, I pretty much what you said, Coop. I feel more comfortable with him in a starting role uh, than Y-Rod. So I don't know, no, but at the end of the day, neither you just, really. You just, you just put me on board with signing him. Y-Rod, that's the best thing Y-Rod. I've ever heard. I know, Y-Rod. it's tough. It's, tough. It's, it's a work in progress. But honestly, until you get like a Montgomery- Giolito a trade for somebody I can't even wrap my head around signing one of these guys and I know like maybe they sign the third guy or the depth guy first and then they work backwards that could happen but that makes me stressed so quick nugget for Paxton we just brought up how good he was when he first came in so in the month of June last year he went three and oh 
and had an ERA of 1.74 with 34 strikeouts and five appearances. Yeah, that's when he was like the he was of the nails month, right? when he first came back. Yeah, that's when he was a sale pitcher of the month. Him and Sale for like a, a two month period were like horses, like veteran lefties, and we were like, oh my god, we might have the Red Sox might do this. Yeah, and, and then the Bayo too holding them both together fell apart, and we were sad. Yeah, yeah, good times. Yeah, good I good think times. It's a 2023 20, team. We'll never forget. <laughs> we'll forget it. <sighs> I think Paxton makes sense. In contingency with, I'm not even talking like an ace mid tier and then Paxson. If you bring in two quality arms and Paxson's your third, cool. Like if this offseason, I mean, granted, tampering expectations we had coming in, if this offseason ends with, let's say, signing Giolito and Paxton and trading for Edward Cabrera, you still don't have an ace of that staff. But you have five pitchers in that rotation who can eat innings, give you meaningful starts, and give you a chance at winning all five days. That's an upgrade. If this ends with the rotation stacking up to be Sale, Bayo, Giolito, Paxson, and Cutter Crawford, I like Cutter. That's real lackluster considering – It's just not enough certainty. Exactly. And we've seen what happens with Paxson. He's dominant at points, but he also cannot fight off that injury bug. If that comes back next year and he's one of two guys that you bring in, you're in the same exact spot you were last year, which is not a good one to be in. Yeah, Pat. And I, I, I made a point like that on Twitter yesterday or the other day, and I'll, I'll make it here too. If you're, if you're additions this year, like if you're adding Paxton, the way I see it is you need to add two other guys. So if they sign Paxton tomorrow, my opinion on it is going to be, I can't evaluate this, this deal until we see the rest of their off season. But if your rotation includes sale, Bayo, Giolito Paxton, a guy that they trade for hope, like let's be optimistic here. And like, say one of the Mariners guys or Luzardo or something, if your rotation is those five guys, and obviously Cutter is is next in line for when someone gets hurt, but let's stick to those five guys. Every single one of those guys in the last year would have flashed number two starting pitcher potential. Like not even just potential. They were at some point in last season a number two starter or better. Like Sale for a period of time looked like the Sale of old. Brian Bayo for an extended period of time looked like he was already a number two and like potentially the ace of this organization's future. Giolito in the first half of last year was basically a number two. Paxton for 10, 10 to 13 starts or so, he was the pitcher of the month in June, as you said, Coop, and he was a frontline guy. And then like obviously whoever you trade for, if it's Lazardo, if it's Kirby, I don't know. Like if they if they do that, that guy is already in that class. And that's five guys who in the last year would have flashed a number two or better not just potential, but they've done it. So if they do that, it's not necessarily full throttle, but there is a path with James Paxton in it to this being a good offseason. I'm not going to say it's a full throttle offseason, but there's a path to it being a good offseason. Yeah. Um, Gordo, kind of kind of along the lines of what you just said, now that we know no Otani, no Yamamoto, now where we're at, and let's address, we have lowered the standards because we don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. All I want is to feel like the Red Sox have a chance to win the ball game 
every single night. I don't have to feel like, oh my God, we got this guy on the mound. <laughs> no chance Sox lose. Just want to feel good enough going into every game. I don't want Caleb Ort starting games. I don't want multiple bullpen games a week. If you do one here and there, whatever, I understand. Those aren't awful. Um, but I just, it, it's so, I'm so tired of, how many times am I going to say this? It's a guy who's out of his role, doing something he's never done. Like, why the hell is this guy starting the game? Who is this guy? Who is Mauricio Jovera? Stuff like that. Like, let's just get, I just want a starting pitcher every night that I know is capable. Doesn't have to be a star. Capable. That's how low. And that's why you had three. We, we've that's lowered the standard. Three. Yeah, yeah go, sure. Go for three. Go get freaking Giolito. Trade for like Edward Cabrera. That's not even that great. He's got good metric. Sure. Get him. And then Paxton. Cool. That's fine. That's not thrilling. People are going to make fun of the Red Sox for it. Rightfully so. But at least they'll have a a normal baseball team. My God. And they'll check the boxes. Out. It checks the boxes. It doesn't yes. get you an A, but you pass the class. You do a little bit better than passing the class. C plus. Do you There's think the upside. best the Red Sox can do right now is a C plus or a B minus? Because I don't think. No, no, no. They can do better than that. No, they could still get an A. If they sign Montgomery and trade for Lizardo, A plus. That's freaking awesome. But I don't That's think true. they're going to. That's true. Uh, so that kind of br- so here's the deal, and I'm gonna bring up a Chris Cotillo tweet here because we love our baby boy, uh, Chris Cotillo so much. I hope you all had a merry Chris Cotillo miss if you guys celebrate that as well. I had a great one, uh, but he tweeted out oh, early yeah. today. I was among those who thought the rotation market would move quickly this week after Yamamoto signed, but one agent had a good point yesterday. Scott Boris now controls the market with Jordan Montgomery and Blake Snell at the top of it. He likes to take his time. The Red Sox over the last, what would you say, like three years has really just been like, yo, fuck you, Scott Boris. I mean, it took a whole lot to get Yamamoto here. Xander Bogarts really broke down. Yeah, or yeah, sorry, not Yamamoto, Yoshida. Uh, But like part of that was like, Yoshida was kind of a give and take type situation. And it was all after Xander Bogarts fell apart. So it's safe to say John Henry does not like doing business with uh, one Scott Boris. And now that we're kind of looking at the Red Sox picking up interest in guys like Giolito and Paxton and Rodriguez. Yeah, like all guys that kind of fall outside the scott boris camp so should we expect them to work inside or out and like maybe they can get snell or montgomery at the very end of this or are we now taking this as they're going balls to the wall just getting everything they can and if one of those guys is there at the end they might try but they're more dead set on working outside of the boris camp now i don't i don't know if i don't know if they don't want to work with boris i think he's just generally difficult to work with not because he's like an a-hole or anything he's just he's scott boris so, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they don't enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it's part of, like, the business. But it's also a sense of, I th- I think they just want to take, like, the ownership of, hey, we're going to go out and get our guys and F you, Scott Boris, at this point, just because we're just trying to build. Like, we understand you hold the cards, but Giolito's out there, and he's a guy that, hey, he's not Montgomery, and he's not Snell, but he is someone who could be number one in our rotation. And we're going to try and put our focus on him. If you're not going to let us get the keys to the castle right now with one of those other two. Well, Coop, you also got to remember on Boris, 
and with the way the way the Red Sox have operated the last now basically several years, they outside of one free agent have basically waited for something to come to them. They've waited for a player's market to not develop the way they thought it was going to develop and they have to take a year less than they thought they were going to get or something. The only free agent they stepped out of their comfort zone for was Yoshida. So I, I think it makes a lot of sense. Boris gets top dollar for all of his clients without fail. And you end up you end up missing out if you're just waiting around for these top clients. So like that's why I like well, I don't the think thing, you yeah. got to step outside your comfort zone if you want to get a Boris client. And he, he's got the top guys in the market. Cotillo's right. He's got Monty. He's got Snell. He's got Bellinger. He's got Chapman. If you want any of those guys, you're going you to have go to pay Boris. top dog. And you but got, you yeah, don't want to go through Boris. But like, I, I don't want to wait around. And it, once again, it goes back to what we said at the very beginning. Just give us something like immediately. And I also think that's probably the responsible thing to do at this point because – if you get caught sitting around, it doesn't feel great that Montgomery or Snell are going to sign here because I don't think the Red Sox can be top bidders anymore. So like, I am more comfortable with them going after and cherry-picking these other smaller signings at this point. You know what would be so funny? Is if, if, if like the Red Sox gave Cody Bellinger like $200 million. Oh, no. And we're all, like, we're all like, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, what? That's yeah. who you might do it. And then John Henry's like, I thought you guys wanted us to make a big signing. And we were like, oh my God, dude. This young gentleman, he's one with the 420. Please it. Showed me I understand he's cool with the youths. He came (laughs) back last year. I can't hear you. (laughs) Oh, can you imagine putting Cody Bellinger and John Henry in a room together? I would love to hear what kind of conversation happens there. He's pipe. Give him the peace pipe. One's just stoned out of his mind. The other has dementia. <laughs> They're on the same oh. wavelength because of it. <laughs> so like, I get you, dude. And then John Henry's like, yeah. You're I that ghost from 1933. I remember you Ooh. haunting my home. <laughs> You're the ghost from Field of Dreams, correct? <laughs> you know who John Henry kind of reminds me of? This is wildly off topic. Mr. Ratburn? Close, Mr. Smithers from The Simpsons. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I think of, uh, I, I think of uh, Jeremy Jacobs, Bruins owner. Oh like yeah, Jacobs yeah. is a lot like. Yeah. Him. Hey, how you doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that just bad. that just got us completely off yeah, topic. But I I guess we're on the topic of Giolito. Yeah, let's do um, Giolito. Let's just let's just talk about it because, like I just said, I think he is someone that the Red Sox do need to just scoop up now. Yeah. before they miss out on other big names because he is going at some point giolito will likely be a big name on the market unless you go after him before those other two guys that were just aforementioned snell a montgomery set the market you can probably get him at a cheaper price at that probably a little bit more than what you want if you want to be aggressive and get him right away but you will get him at a cheaper cost than what montgomery and what snell will end up setting the market because it the numbers that we are seeing seeing this offseason it's I, I I'm not going to be surprised if we see a team overpay for those two. And yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw a team step it up and go quote unquote big for Giolito either. Like he's going to get a pretty high AAV. Like they're thinking close to or around 20 million and like you'd hope short term. I don't care if the Sox hand out high AAV as long as it's short term. And I love Giolito. I've I like we didn't I didn't let myself get there early in the off season because I had bigger dreams. I heard full throttle and I thought, oh, 
Yamamoto and Corbin Burns. Oh, Tyler Glass now and Jordan Montgomery. Like I, that's that's where my head was at. But the fact of the matter is, the Red Sox need two things: they need frontline upside and they need innings to be eaten. And Giolito's got both of those things at at the bare minimum. Like even if he continues to have his home run problems, which he certainly had last year, at the bare minimum, he's going to eat you innings. And the Sox definitely need that. But if, and it's not even an unlikely scenario. Like he was a number two starter for a lot of last year, if not the majority. And he's been an ace in the recent past for multiple years. So if you believe in your process, you believe in the guys you've brought in, they've brought in, uh, Breslow has, has come in and he's brought in Andrew Bailey and they hired that new pitching coordinator from the twins. I think it actually might be the director of pitching from the twins. So if you believe in your process, you get that guy and you build him back up to what he was and you take advantage of that and you tell him you can get him paid because Giolito has as much upside. Like the fact of the matter is Giolito's ceiling. I don't think it's crazy <laughs> to say that Giolito has a higher ceiling than Montgomery. I would agree. He's not as good today. He's gotten Cy Young votes three times. We've seen it. He's not better today, but his ceiling's higher. The strikeouts, even last year, the strikeouts are there. Gordo, can I uh, can I back up your points that you made a little bit? So please, if uh, if you're listening to this and you're thinking this guy Gordo's a little bit nutty talking about Giolito, let me tell you why he's not. So obviously, like we just discussed, Red Sox lacked innings from the starters last year. Giolito led Major League Baseball with 33 starts, pitched 184.1 innings, which, surprise, surprise, that would have led the Red Sox. He struck out 204 batters, and this is with his velocity down, 204 Ks for a 10.0 K through 9. There's something there, man. He's six foot six, 29 years old, big body. That looks like a starting pitcher. And the Three times Cy Young Award votes, 2019, 2020, 2021. So he has that velocity back up a little. Hopefully brings the uh, home run total down because he gave up way too many home runs last year. That was what undid him. Uh, Then you could have something. And uh, Gordy, you said he pitched like a number two starter um, in the like parts of 2023. Uh, First half of the season, 19 starts, 3.45 ERA, 112.1 innings pitched. There you go. Ace. That's a number two starter. That's like there a you fringe, go. That's like a fringy ace. That's really really good. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, functional ace. It's not, the, like it's, it's, a functional it's not the most exciting addition ever. If it happens, it's kind of like Teoscar of pitching a little, a little bit. Not the most exciting, but it fills a need and it makes the team better. Point blank. So, <laughs> man, it's so depressing. We went from like Otani, Yamamoto, trade for Glass now, Giolito. Hey, hey, we. <laughs> We have to be the welcoming committee for someone at some point. So we just need to just be like, hey, Tay Oscar, you're one of us, buddy. We yeah. wanted you this entire time. Don't listen to any podcasts yeah. before episode 20. We always wanted you. I, I, Giolito, I, I, uh... we've always wanted Lucas, you look like you could be living in Dorchester, buddy. You belong <laughs> with us. No, he's a North End looking guy. He's like Italian looking. Oh, you think? Oh, he's a Paisan? Giolito. Are you doing hey. No, man, I, I, I've I always been cool with signing Giolito. I didn't want him to be the number one pitcher they signed. Mm-hmm. Not great, but, like, he's a good pitcher, man. People just look at the ERA, and they're like, 4.880, you're fucking kidding me, dude. But that's why, like, I, that's why I kind of brought up the Scott Boris thing, where, like, 
I don't I like I'm somewhat hoping that if they do sign him right away, that doesn't mean that they're done on starting pitching, like, especially like big name starting pitching. Like sign if they can it. get if they can get Giolito before Montgomery and Snell are off the market, I'm still going to be holding out hope that they could wind up with one of those two. Yeah, that'd be great. I I don't think it's likely. I think they're going to sign a guy like Giolito. And then I think the next one's going to be a trade involving an outfielder. So, But we'll see. I think we can all agree that coming into this offseason, the Red Sox were far away from one piece away from like legit contention. I think, and th- this is just my like coping, but in reality, I th- I truly do believe it. I think this season, if you can add meaningfully both on the margins and depth-wise, like whether that be bringing in Giolito, Imanaga, Cabrera, Pax, whatever. If you can build a solid enough team where you're a piece or two away next year, you're in a much better spot both this year moving forward. The one thing that they cannot afford to do is these stupid one- and two-year deals to just fill a roster hopefully be a wild card team like we've done it it doesn't work it worked one year and it was a miracle in 2022 if you can bring in giolito teoscar whoever else and you have a semi-solid rotation enough bats in the lineup to keep you top 10 ish runs in the league and then next year you're you can go out and you can go and get any of the seven aces on the free agent market next year, you are realistically competing for the division next year if you do that. And you also kind of assume that uh, Bayo takes the next step. Exactly. Like he did last year. Yeah, like, yeah. Took, like a little step last year. You'd expect him to do it again this year. Maybe even Cutter. I don't want to put too much on Cutter. He, I, I feel like I speak for all of us yeah. when I say he like blew away expectations last year. Um. But yeah, I mean, you just 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 need a serviceable rotation in the lineup. In my opinion, is already pretty damn good. Could use a, another bat, but they're not that far off. Not that far. And Pat, to your to your point about them getting to the point where they might be one piece away, I think one thing I forget who talked about this. I really wish I remembered. It could have been Rob, but the one thing that Dave Dombrowski was so good at was convincing ownership to extend themselves financially. Like that's a part of this job about being a GM is is selling the owner on why adding this guy to your team is going to make you a legit t- contender and put you over the top. Maybe like Craig Breslow has not done this job before. He's never had to sit in front of an owner and tell them why they need this guy. But if the Red Sox next year can add, or if they right now can add the pieces necessary to get them to sneak into the playoffs, then maybe he would have the ability to sit down with John Henry and say, you know, Corbin Burns or Max Fried or whoever, like there's a gazillion, as you said, Pat, a gazillion aces on the market. If you can get yourself to that point, then it becomes a lot easier to sell your owner on, yeah, you should invest in this 30-year-old starter because if you do, we're going to have a three, four, five-year window where we can cash in on a title with this young core we have. And one more point on Giolito before we move on. Sammy, you talked about his first half and second half. You said how good he was in the first half. At that point, and Cotilla wrote about this in his piece today, but he got he got divorced and by all accounts took it pretty tough. 
Uh, yeah. So you follow you follow a, t- a good first half with that, and then of course gets shipped from Chicago all the way to L.A. to that dumpster fire of an Angels organization, and then doesn't pitch well there, and then gets shipped all the way to freaking Cleveland, and doesn't pitch well. Like it's just he had a gazillion yeah. things, like contributing to his downfall. And I think a fresh start in an organization, if he can, you know, get a three-year commitment or whatever he's looking for, I don't know. I think that would do him some good. And then one good thing, his grandpa, his grandfather was Susan Ross's dad in Seinfeld. What? Yeah. His or Lucas Giolito, look up the picture if you don't remember who he is. Do you remember in Seinfeld uh, when is this was George Costanza's wife for a brief period of time or maybe it was just fiance maybe they never got married but they had like a whole found she died because she ingested a bunch of poison from licking wedding invitation envelopes oh yeah yeah yeah. oh so they never did get married because she died licking the envelopes (laughs) but (laughs) they made a whole foundation for her and made they made george the president of the foundation and those were some of the best moments in seinfeld and, and her dad in all of those scenes, that's Lucas Giolito's grandpa. So yeah, give me give me Lucas Giolito if anything for the Seinfeld love that we would get on Red Sox broadcasts every fifth day. I'm here for that. That that would be fun. We yeah, I might be out on just it. some aspect. What? I don't want to hear Dave O'Brien talk about Seinfeld. So no you really. tune into Weei, home of the Boston Red Sox oh. radio broadcast. God damn! All right, all right hell all right. yeah! You got Will Flemmy and Joe Castigs on the ones and twos. Lou Maloney sometimes mixing it in. How can you go Ooh. wrong with that? Yeah, Ooh. yeah. I was just laying you up for a for a, you know, a big dunk. That's a good guy right there. This is a uh, company man. Company man. Verbal meme. Um, it's. Dwayne Wade and LeBron James doing the alley oop uh, yep. from back in 2009 or 2010. I think it was like 2011. 2011 finals, and it's just Sammy's face on Dwayne Wade, my face on LeBron James. Banger meme. Hey, LeBron, spend some money on the socks. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Sell. LeBron yeah, sell the team. Yeah. Oh, I I will bring a sign like LeBron that. Sell the team. We LeBron bring, sell the team. We should bring. That would be funny. That'd be a yeah. funny protest. We just like if we just got purely like if we could just get like LeBron James like sports attire and just like do a protest outside Fenway Park. I think I that'd wanna, be. I don't want to. We'll go. We'll go Celtics Lakers. Yeah. We'll all get tickets to Celtics Lakers. We'll wear LeBron James attire and we'll all bring signs that connect. Or no, no, uh, we'll do the we'll paint the, our stomachs. The, no, we'll do the PETA thing. We'll glue our hands to the floor. <laughs> oh, that was so funny. People that will be like, what's this cause for? And they're just like, they really just want LeBron to sell the Red Sox. I, he has like a like a 1% share. Why do you guys care so much? He's ruining my team. It's real to me. And then <laughs> while the while the Lakers are distracted, the Celtics go on like a 37-0 run. And, and at least we have one good team in town. Pretty sure. I don't even think we need the Lakers to be distracted to send the Celtics on a 30-0 yeah. run. Celtics absolutely clapped them on. They're Christmas. so good. Hell yeah! Those seeds, man. Like you should just. Be, you guys want to just change this to a Celtics podcast? We should be like another win, baby. Look at that! <laughs> <laughs> Best team in the league. That's I'm. I just want to talk about wins. Like if I we just like how he we named this for those scored. for those that don't understand the point of the name of this podcast, play Tessie. Um, show up to Fenway every once in a while. First of all, second of all, they. Play the song by the Dropkick Murphys, Tessie, after every game. So play Tessie after a win. 
Um, if they don't no. play Tessie a whole lot this year, I'm going to hate the fact that we named this podcast this. It's well, going to be it's, a it's extra huge funny because it, it's like a you really got to know. You really got to be a Fenway regular to understand the reference because it's like it's the second song, which I think I love. Yeah, that. Coop came up with the name. Everybody, by the way, so credit. Uh, collective effort. We all worked on it. Yeah. We all worked. Um, but yeah, man, I. I don't even know. What are we even talking about, man? I just want to. I don't know. Enough said. Enough said. Enough said. Enough said. Let's just get to the C's, baby. Uh, who wants to go first? Who's got something fun they want to talk about? The, I've got the a people quick need one. a little levity. What's up? I've got a quick one. I'll go first. So this week I was going to, I've got a couple of friends home for the holidays and I was going to go play basketball at our, our town building has a, has a basketball gym, but it also doubles as a preschool. So it's where I went to preschool, the Children's Way in Wayland. Little me out in preschool. Uh, <laughs> but driving up the street to this gym, I noticed the speed limit sign. Guess I want I want you guys to guess what the speed limit on this street was. If so, I looked at the show sheet, can I guess? There's kids. Oh, you looked at the show. Oh, why did I even write in the show? I'm an idiot. Five. Five miles an hour. <laughs> yes. Five? That, that no, that's what it is. It was five. Gordo, was it? Gordo, how many was it? Five? How do you even do that? How it do you was drive five. Five, five was miles five. per hour. Five and Sammy, what? Five what? Five, what do you mean five? Five miles an hour. What about the miles an hour? That's the speed limit. What's the speed limit? Five miles an hour. Five where? On the street leading what street? up to the preschool in oh. Wayland, Massachusetts, leading up to the preschool. Okay, okay. so did you miss that, Coop? No, no, no. But what's, no, Gordo. What's, what's the deal that with the went preschool? so over Gordo's head that Coop was just fucking with him. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, man. I tried to go the five miles an hour just to see, because like obviously I always go over the. Everyone goes over the speed limit, but I tried to go the five miles an hour just to see if it was even possible. And like you have to make, you have to make a real effort to go five miles an hour in a, in a functioning car. Yeah, like, you can, like you're you're literally just like. Do we, do we walk faster than five miles an hour? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah five miles an hour, you just got to throw that puppy in neutral and let it roll. There's a neighborhood Dude, in neutral, right by me it, that has like the, the speedometer. And I, whenever I go on runs, I try and see how fast I can go. Like Michael Scott, I've gotten up to seven. Dude, I can, I can run probably 40. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Leonard Fournette. Um, on another note, that just made me think of, do you guys use your... Um, What's it? What's in the car? The speed thing? Cruise control? What's it called? Yeah, cruise control. Never. Do you guys use that a lot? Nope. No, never. No. I don't I drive. That. I, I, live in, I live in Boston. I, I live in Boston, Boston, dude. I'm a, I'm a downy. I have my Dunkin' Donuts with my pigeon every day. Um, I use the cruise control everywhere I go. Really? Yeah. I love it. There's nothing more than I like uh, just popping that on and I just kind of like stick my leg up. Probably not the most... Safe thing if you are my insurer, do not listen to this. Stick your um, Well, I just kind of like pop, I'm getting like a little bit more comfortable position. But what I found out is that you can't do cruise control below 25 miles per hour. Yeah. Which I feel like that's when you need it most. Like when you have those very low miles per hour, just let me put it down to five. No, it's you're getting like it's splints from the highway in the gas. Yeah, it's, mo it's mostly for highway travel. Like if you're doing a long trip and it's like 60 miles an hour, you just put it at 65 and chill. Yeah, I know, but I also like to do it when it's like very low. So I know that like there's a section of Whitman 
uh, Massachusetts shout out over by my ads or not my ads regal um, where there's train tracks and there's always cops set up right there. It's a speed trap Mm -hmm. because it's 25 miles per hour. And I always try and set my uh, cruise control to that because it terrifies me. Pat, we should should call you a low cruise coupe. What am I like? Ted low cruise coupe over here. It's your like hip hop name. You freaking when the Red Sox are doing really low and bad and I'm just depressed. You can just call me low cruise coupe. Whipping the coop out the lot. <laughs> all right. So, um, all right. Cool. Cool. Am I good to do mine up? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. All right. I got a thing that's starting to bug me. Might've mentioned it before, but it's been popping up a ton with Tay Oscar Hernandez. Please stop posting spray charts overlaid at Fenway park. It makes everyone look better. It's not groundbreaking. Everyone does this. They're like, Teo struggled here, but look at him at Fenway. It's like, okay, everyone who bats right-handed is going to look better at Fenway. Like, it's just, I keep seeing it. People are like, okay, but here's a good point at Fenway. So I just need to tell people, stop doing that. Doesn't doesn't prove your point. Makes it look like you're not really paying attention. So, And we talked about on the last pod too, like with Teoscar, he hit so many line drives to the pole side that those wouldn't even be homers. Yeah, I, I keep seeing it so much. I was like, I got to make this my nuff set. It, it, a, a brief mention wasn't It's enough. important. Yeah. The, the I mean, people need like, to know it. Yeah. And yeah, Gordo, you said that last time. A lot of those spray charts don't take into account that the monster's knocking a lot of them down. So it's just like, of course, when you have a 314 foot away wall, you're going to look better on an imaginary spray chart. Yeah. We're just, everyone's just desperate for something interesting. Everyone's Buddy, that wall out in left field is just as high as every other park in the Did you know if you uh, put MLB. him in a smaller ballpark, his numbers will probably look better? I don't believe you. Where's the science behind it? Also, he struck out 211 times. The, the wall's not going to be I appreciate you for your service there, Sammy. Thank you. Mine, uh, speaking of service, uh, Mine, my enough said, is a very much first world problem. I have, I think I've thought about talking about this before, but I somehow either forgot or something else came up. My biggest pet peeve, and again, I probably sound like an absolute jackass, but when people who work in like the food industry get pissed when they have to do their job. (laughs) I went to Chipotle yesterday. What can I get you? Bowl, please. <sighs> What's in the bowl? I'm like, we haven't even begun yet. And you're <laughs> scoffing, scoffing. I'm like, do you know like what your job title is? <laughs> so, Pat, th- I, I, I hear you. I hear you. But also, I don't know if you ever worked in the food industry. I it's have. pretty miserable. It's, it's, it, no, it's, I get that. It yeah. sucks. But also, I, I can one-up you. There's this guy at the... Uh, Cleveland Circle, Chipotle, who is so scary. You ask him, he's like, what do you want? Like he yells at you and you get a bowl and he takes the bowl and he slams it. And he's like, what kind of rice? And if you don't answer him immediately, he'll go, come on. Like that's a bit much. That's a bit much. And he like- Chipotle sucks. You guys need to figure this out. Chipotle is not good. It has to be- You shut your mouth, Cooper. It's gas. Chipotle is not good. It hasn't no, been Sammy, good that's, in years. That's the soup Nazi. We're we're just pulling Seinfeld yeah. references out all over the place today. But that's the yeah, soup the Nazi. That's why so- we need Giolito to sign. 
like he he literally snapped at people. He was like, "Come on!" Like at Chipotle, like Jesus, man, sorry. I, I, and you know, I figured, all right, I'm not gonna say anything. The guy's probably having a really bad day, and you know, service industry jobs are tough. Yeah, no, but no, man, no. don't yell at people for. Pat, for don't act like you being... understand. You got that doctor title next to your name, and you immediately went right. white collar. Let's not act like I'm some rich snob. I'm not. I Pat work forty hours for us. free. Pat buys the you... red sauce. And Pat, I bet you that you don't tip when they flip that thing around at uh, Fenway Park either. I work 40 hours for free. Do you even tip your landlord? <laughs> Pat, did you yeah. Pat, did you go into work for free this weekend for your boss? Or are you getting paid right now? No, I go in for free. I work 40 hours a week. What Pat, a guy. You're ignoring my question. Did you forget to tip your landlord? No, I actually, I overpaid rent. I said, listen here. I love this apartment so much. I'm giving you a Christmas bonus. I want to take care of you in your home as well as my own. That's beautiful. And being a landlord, it's it's incredibly tough and incredibly honorable. You got all these people. You got to get out of bed sometimes. Yeah. do you know how hard it is to not answer your phone? It's extremely challenging. And I'm oh god, dude. And then you got like you got people complaining like, about heat not being on. Oh, Come on. I can't. I can't afford to pay for food for my family. I'm a landlord. Do you know what I go through? That's probably what that's that's what it's like. So I would imagine so. No, I'm just. Uh, I'm actually. I was really good friends with the uh, landlord at my old building when I lived in Fenway, and we would have like beers and stuff. He was the man. I was. I was like, hey man, I'm gonna be late on rent by a week, and he'd be like, nah, don't worry about it. You know, you're good. I don't, I don't think Andy listens to this podcast. Shout out Andy if you do. Um, I also don't think he really understands too much English, which is fine because we figure it out one way or another. Um, he rocks. I shout out Andy. Yeah, we like cool landlord. Um, also shout out Joe, my old landlord, who is also the beer guy in right field at Fenway beneath the bleachers. So if you want to see, my we got to do an interview with Joe. Wow. Dude, Joe is awesome. You, Can Joe we get Joe on, on the show? He's Maybe so we'll awesome. do like a winter weekend type like interview with him. Like He's we'll do something fun too. for the fans. Um, I got my enough said. Um, do we want? Uh, well, I'll, Pat, do you have another enough said? What's what's this? No, 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 not enough. Okay, you good? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, so shout out the official league. I'm wearing an official league hat right now. I've loved this like company for a while. They make really sick hats, and they sent me some the other day. Uh, or today, really. So yesterday, when you're listening to this, if you're listening on Drop Day, go subscribe. Uh, but they also gave me these awesome other hats. Um, I'm going to be giving one of them away. If you're Ooh. listening at this point, it's they're very nice hats. Gordo, if you could describe this hat in one word, what would it be? Friendly. Yeah, I was thinking friendship. So that's I'm glad that we're both like on that same yeah. uh, route. I was thinking red. Fuck you. Um, Mesopotamia. <laughs> But it's a really nice corduroy hat. It's MLB paint. Uh, if you know like the NBA paint Twitter account, they he also did some MLB stuff for official league. Um, so we're going to be giving one of these away. All you have to do, take a screenshot of whatever. It can be any platform. We hope it's on the Odyssey platform. Listen on the Odyssey app. Uh, but you can be on any platform that you listen to this podcast on that you choose to digest through your ear holes, our lovely sound waves. Um, take a screenshot, show us that you are subscribed. Uh, and then I also want you to take a second screenshot of you rating this podcast or reviewing this podcast on whatever platform you use. However, it must be five stars. Let's be nice. Do five stars and then you can say whatever you want. Take a screenshot of that. 
tweeted at us at play Tessie on Twitter. Let us know that you got to this point in this podcast that you would like one of these very nice hats. I will send this to you or hand deliver if you live in the area. I'm happy to do that as well. If you want a nice warm hug for me, you don't want that. You don't want showing up at your door. Uh, You had you want. You had me until you said warm hug. No, well, you don't want a warm hug. Do Let we just tell you about how depressed we are with like the Coop. lack of signing? Coop, I'll, I'll accept a warm hug, but you can't make a noise. Like you can't be like, mm. uh, no. no. Let me yeah, tell I'm you. Out. Let me tell you. The uh, last thing you want is anything you? warm from a guy called, called Coop the Super Pooper Scooper. That's the <laughs> okay. last thing you want in your life. Okay. Well, now I regret doing this giveaway. But shout out to Official League for sending those to me. I they didn't need to send me all of them. That was really nice of them. Uh, hey, if you want to sponsor the podcast, come talk to us. Hey, oh, we'll take sponsorships. Official uh, but, League sponsor. Thank you. Official League is the best. But yeah, so take a take a picture that you are subscribed. Take a screenshot that you have rated and reviewed the podcast wherever you listen. Apple, Spotify. Uh, Odyssey, Google Podcasts, if you're a weirdo, though I heard Google Podcasts is going away and it's moving to YouTube. We're working on YouTube. Hopefully we'll be up in the new year and we can get that Jared Carabas interview up for those that listen on there. But go get that done. We will be picking one of these people in the new year, one of you lovely listeners, to get this friendship hat so that you can be friends with us in the playpen. So like I said, go subscribe wherever you listen. On behalf of Pat, Gordo, Sammy, myself, Have a happy new year. Have a safe New Year's Eve. We will hopefully be talking to you on Monday. We might do a little something special. Uh, We'll keep you updated on that. Who knows? It's enjoy yourselves. That's what the weekend's for. That's what the holiday's for. We appreciate you listening throughout this and hanging out with us in the end of the year here. And hopefully, you know, there's better things for the socks in the new year. So uh, one last time this year, boys, can I each get a socks from you guys? Socks. I was so socks, kid. Okay. <sighs> really, really puttered our way out of 2023 with that socks. So on that toodaloo.